Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. You're listening to The Noble and Roosh Show, brought to you by Ball Is Life and Dash Radio. Welcome back to another episode of The Noble and Roosh Show, hosted by Ball Is Life. I'm your host, Roosh Williams, with my co-host, Zach Noble. And today, all the way from ATL, we are joined by Onyeka Okongwu. Onyeka, how you doing, man? How you living? Doing well, man. How you guys? Doing awesome. Just another, just another day in paradise in Minnesota here, and Roosh just landed back in the bird's nest of California. Is that correct, Roosh? Yeah, I'm back in L.A., man. So uh, for our listeners, I do not have my microphone with me, so you may notice it sounds a little bit different, but I'm on the move, so bear with us. Um, but yeah, man, sunny L.A. Uh, and yeah, I'm from Houston, man, so I just came from the, the sauna that is Houston, Texas. Um, <laughs> And uh, now I'm back in L.A. But how is uh, how's Atlanta in the summer? It's cool, man. I was actually in L.A. Uh, for most of July. I just got out here last week, started rehabbing my shoulder. Okay. And um, can you tell us about what's going on with your shoulder, the procedure, and uh, the rehab and all of that? So basically what had happened was I, I tore my labrum back in May, but I kept playing on it. And I decided to end up getting surgery a couple of weeks ago because it's on my right shoulder. Um, but if it was on my left, I probably could have went a little longer without getting surgery. But with my right, I wanted to get it taken care of. Can you tell us what goes into the, um, the decision to operate? I tore my labrum like six or seven years ago. I had a full tear. I'm not a professional athlete, though. So I'm just curious, like, what goes into kind of that approach? Man, no, they was telling me uh, that I had an option either to not get surgery or get surgery. <laughs> my call if I wanted to get surgery or not. And I was in enough pain to the point where I needed to get it taken care of so that uh, during the season, I wouldn't get hit and eventually have to get surgery then and miss the whole season. I just wanted to get it taken care of now, uh, miss a couple games, but I'll be good to go uh, towards the. Uh, middle of the season so can you pinpoint the exact moment where things started getting wonky and kind of effed up with that thing or just man i heard i heard it uh first in may then that went away and then it got aggravated a couple more times during practice um during the milwaukee series got aggravated again and i was like the last throw like it got aggravated to the point where i think it was a full tear like it wasn't fully torn but i think i hit it again and it got fully torn so it happened over time it wasn't like a 
an instant where it just like popped? Yeah, um, I never had a torn labrum like that. So I, I kind of felt something wrong with my shoulder. I knew at that very moment, like there's something wrong with it. Yeah, I remember mine popped, mine popped twice. Um, and I remember the second pop was like, oh, something's wrong. And, um, you know, and then three hours later, I remember it just felt like my arm was being pulled out of his socket, like <laughs> to the ground. It was terrible. So, yeah, Zach. Yeah, I was going to say, man, it's pretty amazing to me because you fought through that thing and you were pretty impactful in that Milwaukee series. It was really impressive. I mean, you were a key factor in the defensive side of things in stretches there. I mean, you were a big energy boost. And um, you, I, I personally think you kept him in the series a little bit there um, in stretches. So what was that like fighting through that? And um, how did that impact um, your play style? Uh, I, I hide pain tolerance uh, whenever I'm able to play through it, uh, no matter what it is. But when I was playing, uh, I knew it was messed up, but I just wanted to make sure that I made no excuses on the court. I wasn't going to make my shoulder hurting be a reason why I was playing bad or wasn't playing up to par. So I just made sure that when I was on the court, I just did what I had to do, no matter how I was feeling. Got it, man. So you got that operated last week, you said, two weeks ago? Like three weeks ago. Three weeks ago. Um, I mean, you don't have a sling. I would imagine. So how do you feel? Like, what's the, what's the process? Like, what's the road ahead of you? Nah, they just got to, like, rehab. I do different things. Now they build up everything. Like, every week, we're doing different things. Just trying to get my range of motion, my strength back. And I let my labrum like fully healed because he had to repair it so uh we're just taking it easy right now let's pray you're on that ap shit that you're coming back in half the time but like i was looking up the timetable for this and it says six months you think that's what they're telling you right now is that yeah i mean it's only six months but you never know some people get hurt always come back early but you know hope for the best prepare for the worst yeah man i uh I'm not a doctor whatsoever. I just remember when I was considering surgery, it was like the, the labrum is, is cartilage. So once it's torn, it's torn. So what they do is they take some type of material that like mocks or mimics the, um, I guess the cartilage and they, I don't know what they use, but they put it there and then they try to reattach whatever's left. So wish you the best. We will switch off the surgery topic. Cause I'm sure you don't want to talk about surgery, um, <laughs> but man, rookie year finishes Eastern conference finals appearance. Pretty awesome series, pretty awesome run. Um, the way y'all came back against Philly was surely a lot of fun for a rookie. So can you kind of kind of walk us through and talk to us about your rookie season, how it ended, um, you know, and what you got coming up individually and as a team this coming season? My um, rookie season, I'd say it was probably, for the most part, inconsistent uh, towards the regular season. I had a lot of highs, a lot of lows. Um, you know, I was trying to fit in with the team. No, I came in last year with an injury and with a different coach. So it was kind of like new coach, new team, just new environment. And I was a rookie. I didn't really – no one really knew how I played. I didn't know how everyone had to, had to play. So – and there was no summer league, so I didn't really have a chance to, you know, play with guys or no training camp for me. So, you know, for me, I had to really learn as I played, how everyone wanted to play, how everyone wanted to use me. So that's why my – uh, season was inconsistent, but towards the end of the year, I, I started to feel more comfortable out there. Towards the playoffs, out there, felt really confident. 
and my teammates started to trust me more. And that gave me more confidence. Uh, Coach just trusted me more, getting more confident. So and overall, I felt like it was a good rookie year for me. Honestly, man, I was pretty happy with it for you. I mean, I had really high expectations for you being a high pick. And um, you were number three on my board coming in. I really believe in your game. And um, I think it's a perfect situation. You're behind two great bigs and there's no pressure on you right now. And you can just gradually work on the things to keep getting better and better. So that's the great thing about the situation you're in. Uh, but you did all I look for in rookies, to be honest, everybody overreacts and underreacts and rookies so much throughout the year. And all I try to look for is stretches, you know, and just little things that I, I think that you can really excel at. And I mean, I think you're going to be a defensive monster already. And you showed me enough on the offensive side of the ball. The intelligence is there to crack more minutes. So um, things are looking up and I, I thought you got better as the year went. And that's all that matters. Uh, what, what was the change like between um, Nate McMillan and Lloyd Pierce for you? Cause I think that's when things really started to change in your favor. It wasn't much of a change. Um, I feel like coach McMillan, uh, used me more when I was out there playing, uh, Lloyd Pierce, I wasn't, uh, featuring more being the offense, uh, like that. And it was just like, a we come off an injury. He was really comfortable with me yet. And here comes coach McMillan after he got the job in March. Uh, he able to see how I played, kind of was able to use me in the offense a little bit, but and I just had to earn his trust, you know, closer to when he uh, was the interim head coach for the first time around March. I wasn't even playing that much, but the more I played, the more he was able to trust me. And I just took advantage of every opportunity I got. Your best game came against Roosh's Houston Rockets. I think so. Statistically, it did. I mean, you put up 21-15-3, two steals and two blocks. I mean, that was by far your best statistic game. Um, do you feel that was your best game all year? Um, No. Uh, okay, whenever, my, my teammates, like, bogey by Donovan, she always is telling me, like, no matter what, like, however I played in the, against the Rockets, she always tell me the game against the Suns. We play Suns at our house. Um, he was just saying that I brought it all offensively, defensively. I um, was able to impact the game for us and help us win. Very good. So I was going to ask you, man, um, what is it like for you coming in? Obviously, you're a rookie. You were a rookie. Um, and you have no summer league. I'm sure practices were limited. All this COVID stuff. Everything's kind of out of whack and different for you. Right. And you're playing with a with a guy like Trey Young, right, who is one of the best, one of the best young players in the game, period. Um, and obviously that affects you directly as a, at, at your position as a big because he can feed you and he can make life for you on the offensive end of the floor. So what were you able to kind of pick up, learn, or just what's it like playing with Trey for you? Trey's always looking to get people involved. Uh, for me, I learned uh, that I had to be ready because uh, the passes he threw were kind of some, like, quick – I didn't know he was going to throw type passes. So for me, being able to be ready for the passes he threw, and I remember my coaches used to tell me, if you screen his man or anyone, anyone's man in particular, it will get you open for more looks, more lobs. So, you know, I had to learn to screen better because to get him free and to get myself some looks too. Yeah, I think um, 
like Zach said, my Houston Rockets, you have a, a former player, Clint Capella, ahead of you. And I think that's a good guy to kind of model after and learn after in terms of setting screens, catching lobs and all that kind of stuff. Um, have you been able to learn anything? Not even learn, just like, you know, my, my perception is when you're the young cat, the older guys are going to take you under their wing. Um, and, you know, you develop those relationships. And I think those types of things pay off the older you get. Um, right. And so does that kind of, is that type of relationship forming with Capella and the other bigs on the Hawks? Like, what are you, what are you modeling your game after in, in that respect? You know, I'm just watching them all, all play. You know, I'm taking little things whenever I'm watching them play. I'm watching John Collins, you know, he plays so hard. You know, he's always crashing for rebounds. You know, he's a great finisher. And he, well, I learned about him and Clint. They run the floor really hard. Um, I know you're talking about being ready for Trey's passes. And growing up, you played with the Ball Brothers and Chino Hills. Um, I think it was, what, two or three years? I know it was their younger days in early high school. But um, tell me, like, do, does Trey's playmaking ability and passing does that resemble them at all i mean your experience with them <laughs> uh kind of yeah you know playing with lonzo and Melo in high school you know they were they were throwing some like really wild passes you know <laughs> highlight real passes and i had a great chemistry with them because i've known them since i was like nine to ten so so my, our relationship was already pinpoint so I already knew like how they played, what they wanted me to do, how to you know play together. So you know, it was it was some fun times back then. For sure, but is that relationship still pretty strong today? Or oh, yeah, the, me and the Ball Brothers were always locked in. You know, they're my guys for life. You know, I'm proud to see them them uh, achieving stuff in the NBA. You know, Melo Lonzo, uh, Jello in the summer league. You know, I'm happy to see him do what he does. You know, I'm happy for the family. For sure. No. It's- hey, Charlotte could use a center, so maybe one day, maybe one day we'll see. Um, but yeah, so look, man, moving forward, sophomore season, what are you trying to add to your toolbox? Like, what do you think you're missing, if anything, um, that you kind of want to add to your game to expand as you continue to grow? Well, for me, first and foremost, you know, I just want to make sure that I have my confidence at an all-time high. You know, it's always, I always tell myself like. I was, I was a scorer in college. Like I shouldn't be afraid to, you know, do certain things because I used to score in college. But for me, it's want to add little by little every year. Like this year, I want to be able to expand to shoot my mid-range shot. Another shot I have in my arsenal, so I want to be able to use that when I need to. And my handle, be able to work dribble handoffs, keeps, uh, fake drives, you know, doing stuff like that. You know, I want to add little by little every year. Are we going to see you step out to the three-point line and and or work out of a triple threat jab on the high post? Ever? One day. In NBA? Yes. yes. I like, I like I that you're saying that. one day. I like that you're saying one day because if you look at guys, I, I think the model for a lot of guys, I mean, based on opportunity and how your opportunity is coming in, if you look at a guy like Bam Adebayo, I know I, you might get sick of hearing that comparison to you because – I'm sure people have been beating it like a drum since day one. Um, but it's just, that's exactly it. One day, it's step-by-step step, moving the game back and adding to his repertoire. And guys like Pascal Siakam, um, Jimmy Butler, Kawhi Leonard, and just their slow growth. It's been like, those are the guys when I think about year by year, bringing something new to the table, just adding to their their game. And nobody like, pops out more than those guys right there. And 
like Kawhi, even what was it year eight for him this year, year 10, that's somewhere in there. But I mean, he's adding like playmaking at this point, he's becoming a much better playmaker and passer at this point in his career. And he's looking to be an all-time player. So yeah, it, it can be a one day thing and it's just baby steps getting there and focusing on your strengths for now. For sure. Get, get on that court. Um, let's see what, what is your like regiment right now? Can I, do they give you a timeline for when you can actually get on the court and do nah. ball work at all or nah, not yet. I'm just still, I'm still kind of fresh off of, you know, being out of my sling. Uh, it's got to be like last week. So we're just trying to slow me, bring me along during this whole rehab uh, process. You know, I'm not trying to rush nothing because I'm not trying to re-tear my labor. Sure. Taking it real slow right now. And I'll be, I'm going to be good to go eventually. And what was that injury before the year yet? Yeah, I had a, I think I was misdiagnosed. They told me I had a fracture in my, in my foot, but I got drafted. They told me I didn't have a fracture. So they just had to, there was something on my, my left foot, like right under my big toe that was bothering me. Man, it took me a while to uh, like get that, that taken care of. But that took me out 10 games to start the year off. Why do you say misdiagnosed? Because <clears throat> I remember I was in LA um, and they told me I had a fracture. But when I came here with Atlanta, they told me it wasn't a fracture. So, I mean, it was just two different doctors saying two different things but hey man look back on this topic what you just said is crazy to me because the look when we're younger we think oh doctors know it all I'm just gonna listen to the doctor and then as you get older and you kind of get hurt and you get different opinions and you get different answers it kind of freaks me out i don't know about you i'm sure that because it, it directly impacts your career it doesn't impact mine unfortunately <laughs> but, you know because Cause I had the same thing when I did tear my labrum, someone told me to get surgery. Two people told me to get surgery and the surgeon told me not to get surgery. And I will never forget that. And I didn't, I just rehabbed it on my own and things worked out fine. And I'll never forget that because I don't know, there's a different topic off topic there, but it, it, just, it just blows my mind. Cause some people are financially incentivized for you to get surgery, for example. And that was never on my radar until that happened to me. So I hope that they did not misdiagnose you. I hope they got it right. What do you what, like? Do you think it was there was a break, or do you think it was just like sore? What do you think personally? It didn't feel like a fracture, but the pain I felt was like as if like, it was a fracture. So it was kind of like a like a tough situation to deal with. But it worked out in the end. I didn't get surgery. My foot's fine now. Bang bang! There you go. That's all you could ask for. Right. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Onyeka, did you have a welcome to the NBA moment, you think? I did. I remember <laughs> well, we're, we're in Philadelphia, and I was going up against uh, Dwight Indeed. Howard. Oh, Dwight Howard. And, uh, like, he was just abusing me. Like, <laughs> I, I, I couldn't believe it. I remember, like, I tried to grab him by his 
like arms and he would just literally overpower me and go through me. He probably did it about four times that game. <laughs> and it was telling me to get in the weight room type of thing. Oh, shit. Uh, and I just made sure playoffs, I made sure it wouldn't happen again. When, when those vets are chirping you, I mean, are you jawing them back or are you just trying to not feel the fire at that point? No, man, at that point, I feel the fire. Uh, <laughs> and it was over. I just felt embarrassed myself. I just made sure that, you know, when we went to Philadelphia for the playoffs, playing in the Philly, like, none of that was going to happen. I made sure to you know, hold my own, play stronger, and not feel embarrassed, not get embarrassed out there. Well, you certainly got that revenge, and y'all, you won that round when it mattered. So that's pretty awesome <laughs> here. Okay, I was gonna say, how different was it from playing Philadelphia in the regular season to the playoffs? I just feel like the intensity was just so much higher in the playoffs. You know, especially having that full crowd there. You know, all the fans. You know how Philly fans are. Uh, you know, it just, it just so the intensity just was on a different level compared to uh, the regular season. But it's the playoffs, man. Expected. Hey, man, to that extent, um, how was the garden? How is it being on Trey's side when he's, when he's quieting the garden? For the first time, the garden's been back in a minute. Man, that was probably the loudest I've ever heard in an arena in my life. Mm-hmm. You know, wow, you know, they're saying stuff behind our bench. Um, it was fun, though. It was really fun just to be a part of all that. But, man, that was so crazy. That was so crazy. I've never been in MS Garden uh, till this year. And I didn't know how your fans were, but seeing that was like really playoff basketball. Was that the biggest adrenaline rush on the court like ever? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I was also going to ask how much uh, a part of your game plan, meaning the team, the Hawks, how much of the game plan was it to basically factor in the fact that Ben Simmons was not going to shoot the basketball? Um, like I you mean, game plan around the fact, like, hey, this fool's not going to pull. Um, and then in the in the fourth quarter, he obviously kind of disappeared. He ended up only averaging, I think, six points a game in the last three games. Um, and I think he only scored five points or something crazy like that in the fourth quarter total of the series. Something very low. Nah, I don't remember. We didn't even game plan for him because I think everybody just knew like he wasn't going to take any from the shots. Just so let, let him hang. Yeah, let him hang. Uh, I feel like, you know, we knew that. I think most of the association knows that. Um, <laughs> just, uh, we just knew that, you know, he's a cutter. He plays in the, he's very athletic. Uh, he just wasn't going to take any threes. Simple as that. Was Giannis in the playoffs the hardest guy you had to guard year one? Oh, Joel and B was for sure. Uh, mm. Tell us about those differences. You know, for me, uh, like Joel, you know, he's so, he's so, uh, he's so big. He's like towers over me almost. Uh, he's just so much stronger. So I just had to use my leverage and quickness to, uh, you know, guard him. And I, that was definitely tough for me compared to Giannis because me and Giannis kind of have like same builds. Like he's that, not that much taller than me. And I feel like my feet were quick enough to, Guard. And I feel like I can guard. Uh, one through five. I just feel like I'm a great defender. So, and I'm confident in that. So I definitely took that challenge head on. Um, just, you know, make sure I just beat that def- uh, offensive players to their spots. And um, 
that was that was that was my deal with Giannis, but definitely Joel because he's so much bigger than me. So you think you think Joel's just size is so overwhelming to the point that getting him off his spot is just too difficult? Yeah, well, I think like someone like Joel, like you got to really be like be smart when playing him because he likes to draw a lot of fouls. And, you know, for the most part, you know, Giannis, uh, everyone, like, fouls him because he's not a great free throw shooter. Joel is a great free throw shooter. So, uh, get, try to get unless, it's, unless it's game six of the finals. Don't forget that. What are you going to 17 for 19? Yeah, yeah 17 for 18, I believe. Yeah. But so I'm trying to get inside your head, though, when you're guarding Joel. Like, what are you thinking? Like, are you trying to get as low as you can to push him as far out as you can? Does he, does he use your, you know, body? to leverage off that and draw fouls and like what is that experience like for me um guarding him i just wanted to push him away from the paint like make sure he catches the ball in the mid-range area and three-point line without fouling because i don't want to send him to the free throw line and i said like i did a good job of that uh, a couple of times in the series but just making sure i just playing smart being physical um uh, just simple as that just making sure i beat him to the spot uh just not fouling Speaking of fouling, um, how do you feel going into this new season about the new rules? I was just going to ask it. NBA setting? Yeah, because I think it'll help defenders like yourself. I think not, it might impact the help. I think it not might think impact the help, but, but I think that, you know, people that try to draw, because Joel does try to draw some cheap fouls, I think. Um, so it kind of helps from that perspective. But I, I'm curious to see what you think. Yeah, I don't, I don't think the new foul rules are going to affect anything I do. I'm still going to guard nonetheless. You know, I feel like I'm a smart defender. I know what's right, what's wrong. Um, but it just limits what the offensive player can do. And I feel like it makes people like who like to play defense easier on them. It makes their job easier. Yeah. Were there, were there any comments or wild statements fans were making to you that you're going to remember? Not to me. Nah. Um, I wasn't, you know, I'm so real, real nonchalant when I'm playing. I don't really talk. Oh, just from the bench at all, even. I mean. Nah. Nah. But we was in Philly. And I remember the fans were just you know, talking to me crazy. Yeah. And I'm just looking back like, like, what's good? Like, that type of thing. Um, but nah, nothing crazy, man. No one wild to me. What about Embiid? <laughs> was he, he Johnny at all? Is he talking quite a bit in the playoffs? Nah, man, I feel like someone like Joel Embiid, he's not going to start talking smack until you start sp- talking smack to him first. And with me, I mean, I'm just playing the game. Uh, not going to poke the bear? I'm going to poke the bear, man. Unless I'm fired up, then I might say a couple things to somebody, but <laughs> just real chill. Very good. Yeah, I've always been a believer in, you know, especially at that level when you're playing the best of the best, like you don't need to add any fuel to the fire because the great ones will take it and, and embrace it and work from it. But... um. But yeah, man, outside of basketball. Yeah, let's get into it. What do you like to do just on a leisurely basis, man? When you're chilling, like, what is that for you? What does that look like for you? Man, for me, um, man, this was so condensed, man. I couldn't really figure out anything for me to do. I mean, I like playing video games. Um, and I used to, you know, practice my keyboard sometimes. I was learning musical notes on the piano. You play the keyboard or you do it for fun? I do it for fun. I do it for fun, man. I know a little something on there. But, uh, you know, I'm not crazy. You know, for the most part, I'm just working on my craft. I make sure I'm in the gym. But when well, I have some downtime, you know, I'll play, play Xbox, you know, FaceTime some people. 
uh, now I'm real chill. I'm not really doing too much. So with COVID, you probably didn't get out a ton, it seems like, but um, you probably get a decent understanding of the vibe of Atlanta. Coming from LA, what's what are your take on the differences between the two? The traffic, man. I'm not, like the traffic in ATL, like, it's bad. Like when I came out here to ATL, they said the traffic was bad. But I'm like, there's no way it's worse in LA. LA, man, you can go two miles, take you about 25 minutes. Um, Happened to me today. But, <laughs> the real difference is probably that I, I, I didn't have to deal with traffic um, what about LA had better, I think LA had better food I feel like down here uh, they had better soul food but overrounded food LA has ATLB for sure um, have you been to Mr. Everything's I have not been there I've never heard that before check it out that's the spot Mr. in Atlanta or LA in Atlanta it's delicious. Um, I've been to Atlanta a couple of times. Um, Mr. Everything, it was every time I go to Atlanta, I got to hit Mr. Everything. But um, if it's dope, let me know. If you don't like it, don't blame me. I'm sorry. <laughs> nah, go, got, go for it. Uh, but nah, the, there's not really like the nightlife. Good out here in Atlanta, same in LA. Um, people here are cool. You know, it's not much. Uh, I feel like LA is much more do. There's so many different sites you can see, so many different people you can meet. We got the beach out there. Uh, you know, I'd say LA over anywhere for sure. Yeah, it's it's tough to beat. I was just out there, but um, did you have a first big purchase with that NBA money at all? Man, I bought me a car. Man, I What'd kept you a get? Mercedes. I think I got a GLC, not AMG, but a regular GLC. You know, keeping it real, real simple for right now. Probably smart. Probably smart. What uh, what's it like in the USC community now that you guys are popping off a lot of players right now? Um, Demar's the original from there for sure. Um, Evan Mobley just coming out, another really good big. Kevin Porter Jr. Are you guys a tight knit bunch, or is it just starting to develop a decent culture there? Because I haven't heard a ton about USC alumnus, even though they have a ton of great NBA players they're developing now. Uh, you know, we're a tight bunch. Uh, I know Vucevic, you know, I think I'm the yep. Bulls now. Uh, you know, I always say what's up to him whenever we play pregame. You know, Evan's my guy. You know, I played with, with Evan when I was younger. I played on Compton Magic uh, when we were in high school. So, you know, USC is real tight. We're all tight. We're all close. You know, you're really family when you step on that uh, campus at USC. You know, I have relationships with everybody over there. Still talk to a couple people over there. You know, anytime I'm in LA, I always try and go to visit USC because that's like, that's like one of my second, third homes. Love right on, baby. I went to USC for law school, so that Dope. was a great, great place. I can't confirm. Um, Galen Center, baby. So, my last question. Um, speaking of Evan Mobley, do you? Um, and speaking of Cali boys, Jalen Green. Do you have any thoughts on who you think is going to rise to the top out of this draft class that just happened? Because it's supposed to be one of the better draft classes in a long time. Kate Cunningham, Jalen Green, Evan Mobley. Um, I'm assuming you've crossed paths with some of these guys at some point. Um, so just interested to kind of hear what you think. No, I like Evan a lot. You know, I might be a little biased, but Evan's a great player. You know, he moves so fluidly. He's tall, long arms, defender. Uh, he's going to have a very long career in the NBA. And I really believe in him. You know, I like K too. K just a real sound and solid. 
I like this game. And Zaire Williams, you know, he's also out of L.A. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm done for a while. I know his game. You know, he's going to be solid, too. You know, we have a lot of good players in this draft class. Jalen Suggs, I like him, too. There you go. Another All guy right. I like. I think Atlanta got another steal um, in Jalen Johnson. I think he's going to be a good piece to add to your guys' core going forward here. Um, just And Sharif Cooper. Yeah, don't forget Sharif. God, absolutely. you guys are loaded as hell. Holy shit, I can't. Nah, absolutely. Uh, no, um, Jalen's going to be really good for us. Uh, you know, he's tall, athletic. You know, I was watching him the game yesterday. You know, does it on people. And Sharif's good too, man. Sharif is solid. I like his game a lot. You know, we have a lot of good talent over here in ATL. With the Olympics just finishing up, this has been a pressing question for me. So, uh, I know you got Nigerian roots. But would you ever consider that, or would you? Would your goal be to play for Team USA? You think? Uh, it's in Nigeria for sure. Uh, you know, I'm a Nigerian, uh, strong Nigerian, proud. Uh, you know, I just wanted to focus on my health this off season, so I didn't play with them in the Olympics. Uh, but you know, I already talked with Mike Brown that uh, you got me locked in. Olympics. I like that. I like that. It's it's underdog season there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are coming. I believe. I believe in that team. That was fun to watch for sure. Um, So as we wrap up here, um, my last question is going to be, you're going to dinner with three people that can be dead or alive. Got to have one of each pick three people to sit at dinner with. Three people to sit at dinner with Chris Tucker, for sure. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Well, hold up, hold up. Favorite Chris Tucker movie. Rush Hour 2. Easy. Yes. Mm. Yes. Okay. Next. Cool. Like <laughs> uh, Chris Tucker is one. Um, definitely LeBron. LeBron. You know, he's my he's my favorite player um, of all time. Have you got to interact with them at all? Nah, not at no. all. I was hurt when we played them, so I was on the on I was on the court. And last, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to think. So many this, people. This person, according to Zach, you said one of each. So the last one's got to be a dead. Person. Yeah, it can be. It can be either or. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if you got a celebrity crush female either. It could be one of those two. I went. Uh, I went Madison Pettis. I'm gonna know who that is. I like her. She's nice. I don't. Uh, <laughs> remember, remember that movie uh, with the Rock, the little girl in the game plan. Yeah. Oh, okay. Is that who that is? God, what okay. else is she? She's in a bunch. Yeah, she's in a bunch of different. She was just was in one of the American say- Pie movies. Really? That. Yeah. There we go. That's, Madison that's- <laughs> I can't believe hey, they keep say- producing those things. I'll, yeah. <laughs> is, that, is it like in one of those like American Pie spinoff movies? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. not the OG ones? Yeah. Oh, okay. I, I think see. so. I don't, I don't watch it. Oh, yeah, what, on, what are the guys calling Corey you? in the house? <laughs> What's that? That she was also on Corey in the house. That's hilarious. Buzz on Corey. Right. Wow. Hey, no, well, but I'm curious. Man. What are the What do the guys call you? Do you got a nickname at all? Just besides Big O? I mean, or do they just go by Nyeka? They don't even call me Big O, man. They call me Little O. Uh, <laughs> little O. I remember. I'll never forget. We were starting. I, I was starting against the Rockets. And on the board, it said Big O. 
And then, Lil Low's a rapper from Houston. Were they talking about Lil Low? Nah, they just said, uh, I don't deserve Big O. I'm a rookie. And I started against the Rockets. And I don't know, I might have been Solomon or I might have been Dre, DeAndre Hunter. Someone said that, uh, oh, oh no, Jay, I think it was JC. Like, you can't put, uh, can't put Big O up there, man. That'd be Lil O. <laughs> Lil o. Or just O. So, just call me Lil O or Nyeka. Fun fact, Lil O is a rapper from Houston that had a, a song that's a hit in, that was a hit in Houston like two decades ago called Back Back. Check that out. The, one of my favorite hooks ever. And if you haven't seen Money Talks by Chris Tucker, with Chris Tucker in it, um, and Charlie Sheen, that's a classic Chris Tucker oh, movie. Oh, man, too. I got to watch that. I gotta, I, I've heard about that movie before, Money Talks. Vic Damone Jr., definitely check that out. It's a Chris Tucker classic. It came, like I think, shortly before Rush Hour. Um, it's fucking, it's classic, classic Chris Tucker. But yeah, man. Onyeka, thank you for joining us. I had a blast talking to you. Um, I hope that your shoulder recovers and there are no lingering issues with that. And we are excited to see what happens with the Hawks this season, man. Man, guys, man, I really appreciate y'all having me on here. My man, there's no uh, no ceiling for you or the team. I'm, I'm loving what the future is bringing in Atlanta. Um, keep working hard and I'm going to be rooting for you guys and bring it, man. Best of luck. and. Hopefully you're on that AP recovery. I'm serious. We get you back in three months and not sick. <laughs> For sure, man. Appreciate y'all. Take care, man. Yes, sir. Fight on, baby. Damn sick. <laughs>